Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, The Joyful Frugalista, and now here's your host, Serena Bird. This podcast is sponsored by Four Data, a Canberra-based company that is committed to ensuring business owners have reliable and professional IT services. I'm a client of Four Data. I use their website hosting services, and I'm also reducing my email spam with their secure email hosting service. As a special offer to the Joyful Frugalista podcast listeners, 4Data will provide, wherever you are, website hosting at $12 a month and up to two hours initial free migration service, valued at $300. Find them online at number 4data.com.au. 4Data, they fix IT. Hello, Frugalistas, and welcome. Today I have a very special guest, and of course all of my guests are special, but this, in this case, is in fact a special guest. She's a a good friend. Welcome, Janine Kennedy-Evans. Thank you, Serena. That's very kind. (laughs) Well, as you know, I am a huge fan of your work. Before we start, I just want to put in a plug, which is I have my next six weeks to Abundance with the Joyful Frugalista course starting. It is a six-week course, and it covers everything from how to find your money leaks, how to plug your money leaks, to how to get out of debt, to how to deal with money and relationships, and finally, how to get into your career and side hustle. And they're topics we are going to be discussing today. For details, please see my website, www.joyfulfrugalista.com. And I would so love to have you in this course Participants in my course have discovered that they've saved anywhere from $500 to $3,000 just in the six weeks. So it is certainly a good investment in money. Back to Janine. (laughs) So Janine is an event planner and she's also a wine host at Winderlust. She also is host of the Winderlust podcast and I was privileged to be on her first series. I think it was yes. on episode seven or eight. Episode seven, that's correct. Yes. Episode seven. And she has some great insights about the whole wine industry and really how to enjoy it in a different way. I'm going to start, Janine, by asking, is an indulging in the occasional glass of good wine with a good meal, can that be expensive? As you know, in my book, The Joyful Frugalista, I talk about the amount that the average family drinks as part of their weekly budget. This is an average family. And you know, for many people, just having whatever's in the bargain bin at Dan Murphy's or wherever, with meal every night seems to be almost almost what a lot of families do. And they can actually spend a lot of money that way. But for a good indulgence, a fabulous meal with friends, family, Christmas, does it have to be expensive? It can be, and I guess it doesn't have to be. I think it depends on your priorities as well. Personally, I would buy a great bottle of wine and maybe spend a bit more on that and cut back on the food. (laughs) I think you can have a wonderful meal, but it doesn't have to be, that doesn't have to be the expensive part. I put a, had an Instagram post I did a few months ago. And it was, a, it was a splash out. It was a $50 bottle of wine. But the thing that I always think about is if you go to any sort of pub or restaurant, you will be lucky to find a bottle of wine under $40. And the thing I guess that I find slightly frustrating with some of those experiences is it's bottles of wine that you recognize that might only cost about $10 at your local bottle shop and then selling them for $40 or $50 in the restaurant. I would much prefer to spend 
that at a cellar door or at a boutique bottle shop. Take it home and have your steamed dumplings or something like that and um, really enjoy that or a beautiful wedge of cheese, which again, it could be like a $6 wedge of cheese with a really beautiful bottle of wine and then some friends and things like that. And the crackers obviously are cheap. For Joe Jelly that I make myself that goes with the cheese, you can have a really nice experience with a really special, memorable bottle of wine and the, the meal doesn't have to be expensive. You can go either way, but yeah, it doesn't have to be. Good experiences and good ingredients really lift things, don't they? With good yeah. friends and good ingredients, you and don't I, need And a I lot. think we can do a lot of that sort of stuff at home. And I guess that's where it make it a bit cheaper by doing that sort of stuff at home. In saying that, I'm all for supporting local businesses and stuff. So if you go out, enjoy that experience. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely a fan of supporting our local businesses. But if you want a really good meal and a really good bottle of wine, then I think you can probably do it at home. And a lot of the restaurants have pivoted where you can get takeaways and that, which are as maybe a cheaper option than eating into the restaurants as well. So enjoying good wine is not something you would cut back on. (laughs) Look, I I think what you were saying is you don't have to do it every night. Like if you do it like on a Friday and Saturday night, so you don't drink every single night. I think that that's also something that would help your wallet, but also help (laughs) your health. As particularly at this time of the, the year, we're always thinking about how we can become a bit healthier at the start of the year. So I think I, yes, do like my Good wines, um, but probably not quite so frequently is the way that I would put that into my frugalista sort of (laughs) bucket there. (laughs) You touched on local businesses Mm -hmm. and obviously we've seen a very, very interesting year. It's often said that things that are interesting is almost like the Chinese curse, really. May you have an interesting year. (laughs) I won't comment on that culture other than to say it really has been a very challenging year for a lot of local businesses, especially wine businesses. Would you agree with that? There's obviously been the pandemic in the last year. But the other thing that has really hit the wine industry in Australia is the droughts and the, the bushfires, the smoke taint, like the Canberra district, I think the Alpine region in Victoria. Orange, Mudgee have all been affected by smoke taint, Port Macquarie. And then I was recently up in Queensland and Stanthorpe, and I also went to a winery in Dubbo, and they've been hit really badly with the drought. They've hardly had any water to water their grapes. And then in Stanthorpe, they told me that a big hailstorm came through, which Mm. I know people in Canberra had one in January 2020 as well. And so that wiped out part of their vintage. So across the country, it's been the smallest national vintage in about 13 years due to all these natural disasters. And then on top of that, the cellar doors have lost, I guess, people visiting through COVID. So the the wine industry has been hit hard this year. Yeah, I've noticed that too. And I think at the beginning of the sort of bushfires in January, or even before then, sort of pre-Christmas, I was like, oh, I should support this local winery because they've done it tough and the whole region has virtually burnt down and then I should support this one and I should support this one. But it seems now that all of them need our support. Yeah, it's, yeah that's right. So as we have talked before, I'm a big fan of, and this is what my podcast is all about, is going out and exploring the local wine regions and supporting all those cellar doors out there in the regional Australia. Yeah. And as we've talked before, my lovely Neil and I, we have an ambition of caravanning around Australia. And I have a particular dream of visiting all the different wine regions in Australia. Now, I know I've been doing some work recently with the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education, and you may see some clips of me talking about how I'm going to reduce alcohol, and that is true. And I've always been a moderate drinker. I've never been a large drinker, but I do like the occasional glass of good wine with good family and friends and good times. 
And I really, really love meeting local winemakers and hearing their stories because it's such a labor of love. It is. It is. I think the thing I love is that you rock up at a cellar door, you walk past all the vineyards and that's the grapes that then you're, you know, is being crushed and everything and served right to you when you go inside. So I think that that is just so exciting to sort of see these plants right there that then it turns into this beautiful drink that you're having a few minutes later when you're chatting to the staff and the often the winemaker inside. Yeah, exactly. And especially when they're talking about the vintage, like this vintage is good and this vintage is bad. Like when you are actually in that region, you actually see the grapes on the vine or you hear about the process. You really do get that in-depth understanding about how the climate and mm. the geography really does affect the wine that's produced. Yeah, that's right. Like, so if it's a hot year or a wet year, it really comes through the grapes into the wine. So I, I find that really fascinating, actually, <laughs> having those sort of vertical tastings where it's the same grape, but just different years and tasting the differences each year. Yeah. That's really interesting. Can be quite phenomenal. And it's a really easy way to be a wine snob, really, because you can talk about the vintage because you visited the region. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Talking about visiting, back to our dream of caravanning around Australia, what areas should we visit? I think every area would be fantastic. I, I do think that there's certain areas in Australia that are more expensive and they're usually the more established ones. In saying that, a lot of regions have things like cheap or free campsites on, available or some sort of pub accommodation so you can pull the cost down there mm. if you want to do more interesting, like you know, go to a really lovely restaurant or buy that really special bottle of wine or do some fantastic experience like hot air ballooning or something like that. So I think it's all about just balancing those experiences with your bank balance. So I think a huge fan of traveling and seeing as much as you can, but also I'm not coming home in debt. So um, <laughs> it's just balancing all of that. So you can do really fantastic things, but then you can cut back on other things. And if you don't need to, then go for you. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> Most of us have to sort of compromise on something somewhere so yeah well limited space in the caravan will probably be using neil's existing caravan although he keeps doing research into a van but whatever vehicle we'll be using there will be limited space so we won't be able to buy up exactly everything yes. we would like yeah. to but it's good to know even if you don't buy it there at the cellar door it's good to know when you see them later in a bottle shop what yeah. you really liked and why and i think that's a key thing is to ask the especially the wineries that you do really connect with and that you enjoy where they stock because a lot of small cellar doors are not easily available in our local bottle shops, either having that subscription with them or having their details or being on their newsletter list so that if they have their specials come out or that once a year, Christmas time, you might buy some special wines from them, that you have those details and that you are on their list and find out what's happening. Exactly. And I've had memberships with various wineries before, only small ones, but some but what's interesting is once they've got your contact details, they will contact you when they have flash sales. And sometimes they can be quite good value. Now, of course, if you drink lots and lots and lots of wine, it's a bit like buying things on sale during the Boxing Day sales. If you don't actually need it and it's excess, it's not actually a bargain. But if it's in moderation, you can actually get some really good bargains that way. And you know you're supporting local businesses too. Yep. No, I agree. Let's talk about your business. I understand you're set up Pretty much like a side hustle in a sense. So you still have your nine to five office nine to job. Five, yep. <laughs> and you have this on top of everything. How did you have that courage to start this venture? I don't know how I had the courage. Um, I think my day job is fine, but it, I was looking for something a little bit extra. And I suppose 
going around and visiting wineries and I've had a real interest in wine for a long time and I think all my friends thought I was an, like a, I knew more than them basically. So I was often asked different questions and that. So I wondered if that was sort of an avenue that I could explore around maybe doing a side business. I did my Wine and Spirits Education Trust Level 2 certificate and training course. And I also, during my long service leave, did a diploma of event management. I was just sort of looking for different pathways or options. And then I guess you stew over things for a period of time. And then I guess also having a supportive husband helps, but just decided to bite the bullet and put on a couple of events. When I started Wine de Lust, one of the key things that I wanted to do that was a little bit different was provide childminding services so that mum and dad could have a nice meal, maybe with friends that don't have kids because I've got lots of friends that either have kids that are a bit older or don't have kids and my son was only sort of four at the time. And it was very hard to find somewhere that you could go where you could have a nice experience maybe learn something a bit new, try some different things that catered for everyone. We could get a babysitter at home, but, you know, as an only child, the babysitter is always excellent playing with him and that. But I thought if there was an opportunity for him to go and play with other kids, that would be nice. So that's how Winderlust, I guess, first started doing a few lunch mainly events that provided the child minding. It's sort of morphed a little bit over the last, so it's coming up to two years since I started. And the child mining, I still, I still want to feature that, but I've probably, it's morphed into doing other things such as the Live Your Best Life series that you're part of. We've got six local experts around Canberra and they'll be talking about sort of practical things that people can take away and put into their own lives. And I developed these, this series with Lib from Lib Creative. Mm-hmm who designed the logo for the Joyful Business Club and the Joyful Fashionista. Her work is brilliant. Yes, she's fantastic. And so we both wanted to, I guess, reach some women audiences and we thought this would be something that we were interested in learning about and we thought that it would also resonate with other women in the region. So for the first series, we had four of the events before COVID hit and there was things on like, I know, yeah. <laughs> COVID hit just before my event. <laughs> so you, that's why you've been rescheduled first been up rescheduled this time. for first up for Series 2. I'm very honoured to be headlining um, Series <laughs> 2. Right. And we had one on like uh, your style and be- getting better on like Instagram and um, how to be more sustainable, like all about reducing your waste. We had Brie as well. Yeah, all about self-confidence. Mm-hmm. And then this one, we've got yourself talking about like your money joy and we've got one about your career mojo and one about your confident voice and your personal brand and then also like your peaceful space by um, Lauren Windsor who's been on your podcast who's a decluttering coach and finally the Canberra Seed Savers, Arian McVeigh. And so it's all about like your community food source. Like do we even know where our food comes from? So I found I think all of these speakers will bring really interesting things. The average person can get something from and implement it to just, you know, we all want to live our best life. So This isn't sort of meant to be preachy or anything, but just sort of some practical tips that we can all use in our life, I guess. We also have a session too, I believe, with Jen Saderholm on confidence. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So because she's a local radio host and podcast teacher, that's who I did my podcast course with. She's fantastic. So she's going to be really great. Wonderful. You go through life and you do various things and you don't always think about how do you make your life better? How do you live your best life? 
Yeah, so it's it's quite an interesting way of thinking about different aspects. And I was really amazed with the ones that I've attended, just how much I learned, and also too the amazing women who attended. The thing I find fascinating in like Canberra's only got maybe half a million people, and there is so many really interesting people around. You just need to scratch the surface when you have a chat with someone, and they're probably doing something really amazing and interesting that you'll want to learn more about. So, yeah, no, it's been um. Very easy to get fantastic speakers for this series and hopefully next year we'll be able to do season three. Fabulous. Well, I'm looking forward to season two and make sure that you book your tickets early to avoid disappointment because I think you sold out on quite a lot with series one. Yeah, they're pretty close. And I think with we just have to be mindful of obviously COVID restrictions uh, may impact numbers. The first series kicks off on the 3rd of February. It's every fortnight on a Wednesday night through to the 14th of August, through to the 14th of April. That's right. So I will be speaking at that series on Wednesday, the 3rd of February. I'm so looking forward to start this second series. So make sure you buy the ticket to that before it sells out. And I think you're going to be signing your book there too, Serena. I will be. I'll be selling my book and signing my book. So if you are in Canberra on the 3rd of February, make sure that you check it out. And so what does living your best life mean to you? What makes you happy? Oh my goodness. I have to say Wanderlust has really given me like a sense of achievement that I didn't have before. And I think it's hard for women to admit this, but I'm really proud of myself. Like I've, um, through COVID, like I didn't have any events for a while, but I still managed, I think, 10 or 11 events in 2020. Wow. And then I, and I also developed my own podcast, which is, you know, one woman show (laughs) of um, visiting wine regions and and interviewing winemakers and, and things like that. So I had this wonderful sense of achievement at the end of 2020. And I know that it's a really tough year for a lot of people. And I certainly, we had a very brief lockdown in Canberra and that part was hard for me, but the rest of the year hasn't been too bad. So I'm hoping 2021 will build on that. I'm sure it will be. And you do in fact have a lot to be proud of. So I definitely own that. I've seen you go from strength to strength and especially some of your events that you have on the lake as well. Yeah, so we started off, I did a collaboration with Go Boats because coming out of COVID, I wanted a quite a very COVID safe event and we could have two small groups of people on the Go Boats and everyone had their own individual bags and plates and cups of like a wine glass and a wedge of cheese and then some different bottles of wine. We had different themes each week. And I've also been working with the Canberra Cruises and Party Boat people and did some bubbles and brunch cruises. And now we're doing the like alternate grapes cruises. Like we've got one at the end of January and one at the end of February. And I'm super excited about those because I'm really loving exploring some different grape varietals at the moment. So we've got things like Veduzza from the Kings Valley from Pizzini. We've got like a Bianco, like a white blend from Billy Button in the Alpine region. And then I've got some unusual grape varietals from Stanthorpe as well. One's a Novella Lagrain, which is just means new style Lagrain. And Lagrain's a red grape, but they've made it like a rosé. Wow. Um, yeah. And we've even got a rosé from Lake George that's made from a Grenache and Negramaro, which is a grape that I hadn't heard from. I haven't heard of that yeah, grape Yeah, it's a either. super pale rosé. I tried it at the um, Women in Wine Awards event recently and it was delicious. So we've got four different grape varietals and blends at each cruise with much canapé. So it should be really interesting. Wow, that sounds like you're starting 2021 (laughs) in in quite a wonderful way with with those cruises. So let's talk about frugal living. So we've been talking about wine and luxury. 
Is it expensive, really, to visit cellar doors and to enjoy this kind of experience? No, I mean, a lot of cellar doors now do charge for a tasting, which I think is perfectly fine. I don't think there's any other small business around that's giving you free goods. So I, I think paying $5 a head to, for them to cover their costs is very reasonable. But no, so otherwise that's the only cost that you're up for, really. And a lot of people still do free tastings, but I mean, at the most, a couple of dollars to try different things and, and open your, expand your repertoire of what wines you might try. A lot of people reach for the same thing over and over. So I think visiting cellar doors and trying different things is a wonderful way to spend a weekend or something. And it doesn't have to be expensive. You can obviously purchase wines and they will have varying degrees of prices, but they don't have to be expensive either. Mm. Do you have a frugalista tip to share? Probably a non-wine related one. Uh, like, um, in my backyard, I'm very lucky to have a fejoa tree, which is a fruit that I'd never heard of before I moved to Canberra. And it's kind of like this guava thing. So I make jelly out of it, which I sort of alluded to before. And it's, I guess, you know how people put quince paste with cheese. So I use that to go with cheese and it's delicious. So I get the fajoas. They usually come out in the wintertime and peel them and cut them up and throw them into the freezer for a few months to whenever I'm ready to make the jelly. And just so recently, a week before Christmas, I pulled them out, defrosted them and made the jelly. And it's super easy. It's like one cup of guava to like a cup of water and then some orange zest and some ginger in with it and you boil it all up and strain it so you leave it mm -hmm. to strain overnight and then they said to put in all like how much juice to how much sugar I find you have to put a little bit of gelatin in as well I'm not sure I think the recipes are often from New Zealand they must have lots of fajoas over there because all the websites are from New Zealand <laughs> but I put a little bit of gelatin and yeah and then I package them all up and give them to my family and neighbours and things for Christmas presents and then get to keep some for ourselves as well. Lovely. And so you serve them with cheese and yep. with some wine? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wonderful. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and for Joey, it's quite amazing too. I remember when I was not long in Canberra and I, we were visiting an open garden, you know, it's part of the open garden scheme. And this old guy, this gardener, said, you need to grow these. It grows the most amazing fruit. And actually, I thought he was a bit nuts, to be honest. And for years, we didn't get fruit. And then suddenly we got this and I didn't know what it was. And then I worked out what it was. And it, it's got quite a distinctive taste, hasn't it? It's almost a bit like bubblegum. Mm. I, actually, I think when we did pick them, because my son went nuts with our neighbour and we got, he got like 200 of them off the tree, which he didn't need to pick all of them because some of them are tiny. I think I gave you a, a little bag of them and you made something. You did. Um, you made crumble, I, I think. I made apple and fajoa crumble and it was delicious. So thank you so much for your generosity <laughs> just with that. Me that because, that yeah, ago. I remember. I, 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 it's terrible of me for forgetting because I Instagrammed about it at the time that I'd been given this, yeah, this incredible about gift. about six months ago. <laughs> but I completely forgot it was from you. But, um, yeah, I had lots of fun making fajoa and apple crumble and my husband had never tasted it either and he was like, yeah, it's really unusual and it's not as sickly sweet as bubblegum. It's no. just got that little hint of something a little bit little bit sweet and a little bit interesting. Yeah, yeah no, um, and but it goes really well with blue cheese. <laughs> exactly. And so if you're thinking of doing some gardening, it makes a great hedge plant. Yes, it, ours is massive, yeah. But also rhubarb, like we've got some rhubarb that I'm going to try and make some jam out of. And yeah, I love having the things in the garden that you actually use and my worm farm and so that's all the fertiliser. So. Yeah, I've loved doing that sort of stuff. I'm very envious. I live in an apartment now and I have a shady balcony. We're still able to grow a few things, a few herbs and a few bits and pieces, but not nearly as much as I would <laughs> like. 
I dream one day of sort of having almost like the French style potager garden with chooks and fruit trees and things like that. But at the moment, I'm relying on friends such as Janine to give me (laughs) fruit. Well, thank you so much for your time. Now, how can people find you and book into these wonderful events, including the Live Your Best Life series? I've got a website, so Windelust. It's W-I-N-E-D-E-R-L-U-S-T dot com dot A-U. And I'm on the social medias as Windelust.Australia. And the podcast is on all the major platforms, and that's just Windelust, exploring Australian wine regions. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. And if you've enjoyed this and other podcasts, please make sure to join the Joyful Frugalista Facebook group as well. Thank you very much. You've been listening to The Joyful Frugalista with Serena Bird. She actually likes everybody. And, of course, sound has been by Neil Hadley.